Hey everybody, welcome back to Back to Basics. So this week, to start us off, I have a very relevant story for you. And it's really having to do with our guest this week, which makes it uh, super timely, but it's also kind of relatable, so I wanted to share. So... I am a very emotional person. Like I cry at commercials and whenever I am frustrated, especially, it comes out in tears. I mean, I'm sensitive, I guess. Blame it on my horoscope. I am a cancer. We are moody and emotional. Basically, whenever I am stressed or upset or anxious, I like cry. Well, that is especially true when it comes to work situations. Uh, whether that be, you know, in my nine to five or whether that be on the radio or with this podcast. If I'm stressed, if I'm frustrated, if I don't know, I feel like I could be doing more. It really just comes out as crying. So about a year and a half ago, I was dealing with a lot of stress at work and I was very overwhelmed and very frustrated and I hold it in a lot in situations like that. But um, I cried in front of my boss and It was very embarrassing. It was one of those things that I look back on and I cringe, but I knew that it had to happen. I mean, it ended up being fine because everyone knew why I was so stressed because I was dealing with a lot of pressure and it was made better because the people I work with were great and they were explaining that it happens to the best of us and everybody has had those moments. But yeah, I I cried and I, I really tried not to but I just couldn't help it. The emotion just like came out. That was the first time I ever cried in front of a boss. My point is, is it was human, right? And I know I try to not be human, but I just, I am. I I like to be a perfectionist and um, I try to do everything right. But that day, the emotions just overcame me. And the reason this is relevant is because that night was the event for Rare Disease Day, for Rare, who you are going to hear all about in this episode. So I was dealing with all this crazy emotion during the day, collected myself, and I went to the event for Rare, and it was so much fun. And it was such a beautiful and positive event. My family came with me. My aunt ended up winning like every raffle, no joke. It was hilarious. And it made me feel so much better because I had such a weird negative day that the positivity and the kindness that radiated from that event was like everything I needed. So of course, when it came time for my podcast, I had to have them on. Now, Christine, I've known for a really long time, and she's the CEO and founder of Rare. And Teresa Thomas, I have just had the pleasure of meeting through our interview. She is the COO of Rare. And I really think that you are going to learn a lot from them. And I'm really, really excited for you to listen to their journeys and their story. And I hope that you find something inspiring in it. And I hope that you know you can celebrate your own unique story. With that being said, I hope that you're ready to get back to basic with Rare. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me. How are you both doing? Good. Thank you for having us. For those of you listening, we have the rare team on with us today. We have Teresa Thomas and Christine Hosterman. Did I say that last name right, Christine? I don't want to like butcher your last name. 
To be fair, you did know my other last name, though. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Um, so how do you pronounce it now? I can you did it. Up. Oh, I did it right? Oh, good. Oh. Well, look Harry, at me. I'm afraid to say ho. I'm like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a way to remember it, right? <laughs> so I, I just want you guys to explain who you are. So, Christine, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Oh, wow. Okay. So, hey, everyone. I'm Christine. Um, I am 32, which is actually embarrassing to say because after listening to Danielle's previous podcast where she talks about being 29 and like her and Noah go back and forth, it's like really difficult for me sitting here being like, oh God, I have to say I'm 32. However- (laughs) No, 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 don't. Own it. Own it. I have to admit I really resonated with that because- Um, I was living my best life, 27, running marathons, all this great stuff, living in DC. Um, I started to get a kink in my knee and I was like, oh wow, like you're running. So it's not really that weird. (laughs) I was kind of right where you and Noah were about like, oh gosh, like 30, like where did the time go? I was that, you know, Panera, like that's me adulting, like continuously feeling like I'm 16. I got just continuously worse. Uh, No one could figure out what was wrong with me. They thought that it was like a mental health thing, um, you know, drugged me up there. Every test was negative. And I just slowly started to disappear. I had like felt very isolated because I didn't fit in any of the sick quote unquote communities because um, there's no name to it. And then I didn't fit in my old life because they couldn't understand why I looked okay, but I was sleeping all the time or, you know, different things were happening. And I think part of it too is that you do become a little bit depressed and, you know, yeah, waking up sick every day is a challenge. Um, so when I Googled like rare, because <laughs> that's all I really had, three things came up and that was like devastating. And I knew from that moment that I didn't want anyone to ever feel that way, but I didn't know like how I was going to accomplish this. This was just like a one night, like empowering thing. And so um, I started creating for my wedding and I found that, oh my gosh, I was like successful at it. And for once I felt like I wasn't failing. (laughs) And so got into a really big fight with Carrie. (laughs) I don't know if you know those iron-on letters from Michael's. Yep. Old school, like iron-on. And I had a bunch of those left over from the wedding and I, on a American Eagle, like plain black sweatshirt just wrote, this is rare. And I came stomping down the stairs. Um, That was September uh, 8th, 2018. And Halfway down the stairs, it was like something just came over me and I knew exactly what I needed to do. I needed to just make this visible, to put this out there and basically show up, stand up and speak up. And from there, honestly, I feel like Rare just caught fire. The second I stood up, I felt like there were so many people who kind of stood with me or could relate. And I have a very broad definition of Rare. I think that we all kind of have our own journeys that you don't have to be like my struggle and your struggle aren't the same, but one is not greater than the other. Everyone's going through something. So it was growing. And then Teresa in August (laughs) reached out to me. I always wanted to break into the kid market, but it was also difficult for me. I didn't have kids. I couldn't have kids. And so that's like, I, I, how do I like relate and manage my emotions? And Teresa kind of just came in and I don't know, why don't you take it from here, Teresa? Because I feel like you just did my job for me, Christine. Your turn, Teresa. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So yeah, I'm Teresa. I um, reached out to Christine uh, because I had started my blog, Larger Than BWS, a little, uh, I'm trying to think now, 
a little like a year and a half ago, I guess. And it was just really my way to kind of vent about my son's rare disease. Uh, he was born with Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome. And that is a disease that causes him to be extremely large. It's a overgrowth syndrome. Uh, but the main issue with it is that he has an increased risk of getting cancer. So he is screened for cancer every three months with blood work and um, ultrasounds. But it also has a, a, a slew of other you know, um, issues with it. One side of his body is bigger than the other. His tongue is enlarged, so he needed surgery on that. So his first year, I was just having a really difficult time. I, I felt like, you know, I have a really good support system, but they were trying their best to be supportive, but it almost wasn't helping because their way of being helpful and supportive was constant positivity. And it's not like that's a bad thing, but it almost kind of negated what I was feeling. So my husband was like, why don't you just write, like do a blog? And so that's what I did. And it wound up connecting me with hundreds of BWS families across the world, all over the place in places that I was like, wow, there's, there's people everywhere that feel the way I feel. So through that, I was searching a hashtag. I don't even know what hashtag I was searching. And uh, I found rare. So I reached out to Christine and I was like, hey, I love your stuff. I think it would be really awesome. I like would love to work together. And it kind of went from that to like we talked every day. We were coming up with all different kinds of products for the BWS community. And I just the one thing I loved that she did was she donated 15 percent of every sale to an organization for rare disease. And for me, you know, everything that they're learning about my son's rare disease is based on research. Research needs to be funded somehow. So for me, I was like, that is so cool. Like she doesn't have to do that, but she is doing that. That's basically how I came to finding rare. And then, you know, we had never met and she asked me to be her business partner. <laughs> I thought she was nuts. <laughs> A basic Danielle. Let me tell you. Right? <laughs> I love that though. Adulting decisions. Uh, <laughs> and took a very rare risk. And I was just like, one day coming home from work and I was just like, do you want 50% of the company? I was like, 50, <laughs> 50. Like, I was like, the only thing I ask is that your blog like come merges into rare because for me, I still like struggle. Like I never once said my diagnosis, I can get down with rare and everything, but like, mm -hmm. I still don't feel like that community because it's so unknown. Whereas like, you know, Teresa can explain, you know, I didn't even come up in mind. So, um, I just was, I loved that about her. I loved that she like kind of ended up like focusing it a little bit, like, and she can make decisions 110 times better than me. Like before this, I was spent an hour and a half taking pictures of the same thing, the same outfit. <laughs> oh, I do that too. <laughs> you know, I was still working at the time. And so, like I said, I loved her writing. I loved her vibe. I now knew pretty much nothing about her. And I offered her 50% of a company that was like actually like on the rise. Good job, Christine. So like <laughs> freak out about it. And she took, I would say like, you didn't even take that long. You might've like called me back before I even got back from work. I think I did call you back pretty quickly. <laughs> the one thing about Teresa and I, I would say it all just kind of like, nothing was forced. Nothing was, everything went on a timeline that felt like, well, if it was a relationship, don't get me wrong. Like we went from like zero to a like home base. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we broke a lot of the dating rules. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, Rare has always kind of come together for me. You know, um, Danielle, you were at our first event and that event was just so successful. And that was only a month after. So like everything I've done, I've done really with like just purely my gut. 
and tr- trying to lead with my like emotions, I guess, but in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it felt right. And she said, yes. And so I don't know who's crazier. Christine was having a difficult time. Like she felt like I was putting so much work into rare and, you know, doing so much, but we weren't at the point where we could really, you know, take paychecks from rare for ourselves. And, you know, she was having a little bit of guilt for that. So she called me and was like, look, I came up with an idea. I think like, I think you should just come on (laughs) my wife and I's Verizon plan and, you know, we'll pay the phone bill. And, you know, me and my husband just like went to the Verizon near us and we just did it. And like, still to this point, Christine and I have never, like at that point we hadn't met yet. (laughs) We hadn't met. And she walked into the Verizon store and the guy thought she was my sister. Like, so, but it went so smoothly. Like I said, like just, it worked. Yeah. It worked. Talk about intuition, right? Like not knowing someone fully and just having like a gut reaction to be like, we need to be partners on this. I mean, I think that that really speaks to what you guys are doing with rare as well. Both of you uh, seem very passionate about giving a voice to people who don't have it. So you knew that that was the case. You might as well just join forces, right? Exactly. Like her weaknesses are my strengths and it just kind of worked out. I thought you were going to tell the story about like how I hid upstairs because <laughs> I don't Oh, like yeah. <laughs> what was the story about stairs? <laughs> so she, so I eventually was like, okay, rare disease day is coming up. We need to actually like officially meet since we're doing this event together and whatever, whatever. So um, I live in Pennsylvania and Christine's in DC. So I was like, I'll drive to you and I'll, I'll come for the weekend and we can get some stuff done, fill some orders, you know, and just kind of touch base and come up with a plan for the next couple of months. So I knew that like, from my conversations with Christine and never really meeting her, I knew that she was like an anxious person, like a new anxiety was something that was like, that she struggled with. So as I started to get closer and closer to her house, like I started getting more phone calls from her. Like, how far are you? How far are you? So then eventually I'm like, I'm not answering my phone anymore. Like, she's just going to, when I get there, I get there. I'm not telling her how far I am anymore. (laughs) So when I got there, I like knocked on the door and she made her wife answer it. And she was like hiding upstairs and like wouldn't come downstairs. She was so anxious and so nervous. It was so funny. So of course I, the type of person I am, made her hug me and she was so uncomfortable. It was the best thing ever. Here I am like inviting an internet friend and (laughs) what would, yeah, but the worst thing about it, like if I was this horrible person and was like coming to murder her, Carrie would have went first. (laughs) And I still would have been upstairs being like, oh, I knew the internet was bad. No, the internet is good because it brought you guys together and because this is how you are getting rare out to the people, right? So, I mean, we have a love-hate, I'm sure, with social media, all of us, but this is this is the good, right? You are using it Definitely. for good. And so, Rare, I know you're a brand with a purpose. I mean, what? why did you really feel passionately about selling products to people and, and, you know, kind of giving, you know, like a name to what this is. Um, I know for me, when, when Owen was born, I wanted something to wear that would help me start the conversation. And Owen was so physically different and it was so physically obvious that something I don't want to say is wrong with him because he's perfect, but he was just different and it was noticeable and everybody was commenting on how different he looked. Why was his tongue out? You know, all sorts of things. So when I looked and tried to find specifically 
back with Wiedemann syndrome products. I could barely find anything. So that's why when I found Christine, I loved everything she was doing because it wasn't even necessarily a specific BWS product. It was rare and it was very eye-catching to where people are going to be like, hey, what does your shirt mean and where is that from? And I can't even tell you how many times I've been able to share Owen's story just because people have seen a shirt that I'm wearing. For me to see that she kind of had the best of both worlds. She had a brand that was creating things that started a conversation, which is so important in rare disease. But she also gave back, which is also incredibly important. So, And Christine, what about you? Why did you want to create apparel and, and products that people um, could physically hold for this? It became my, my way of communicating again. I used to say that it felt like um, every time I would speak, like the ocean would be flooding in me and I, I was just drowning in my words. Um, I, I, no matter what I said, it felt like I couldn't express to somebody what I was going through. It seemed to be this barrier between like what I looked like and what was on the inside. And it was really hard. You know, what does sick look like? That's a question that I can't answer. And I find that anyone I ask really can't answer. It's a difficult one. You know, we say sick was like, okay, we think about cancer and chemo, but cancer is a rapid mutation of a protein, which is just slightly different than my body attacking itself, you know? And so um, it was really hard to express all these things. And I love words. And so I was drowning in them and I didn't know how to get it out. And after making that like shirt to just be like funny and kind of a little bit of a bleep ASS. <laughs> <laughs> I started feeling really empowered by in almost like wearing the Scarlet A. Like I wanted to wear my rare and I wanted people to ask. I wanted this to start the conversation. Every product, you could pull a product up right now and tell me it and I can tell you the exact backstory because nothing on this site actually doesn't have a pretty significant backstory. Even if it's, oh, there's like a few shirts that I've been inspired because like just like watching and being on the phone with Teresa so much and her kids, like, but every single one of them, has a story and that's kind of where every zebra has a story came from um and that's actually one of my favorite things that we've been doing um is you know every time we come across someone and they share their story we you know add the zebra to to the wall and it's been incredible to see just you know everybody's journey out there and like i said it empowered me to be brave enough to be myself i guess yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I'm literally looking at the apparel and it's so funny because when we first like connected, you guys had a lot of stuff, but now it's grown so much and uh, so all of them are so cute and so creative. I mean, I'm, I'm really tempted to take you up on that challenge, but I do want to say, how do you come up with the inspiration for all of them? Is it really something that happens and you guys are like, we need to make a shirt out of that. That is so important for people to see. I would say, honestly, exactly like you just said, there's so many of the things that happen, uh, and a lot comes from like pain. I think one thing Christine uh, doesn't give herself enough credit for is the amount of amazing things that just like come out of her brain. And like she was saying earlier, how we kind of like draw from each other, like our strengths and weaknesses are very opposite. And where she's really good in the creative aspect, I'm really good at like making decisions and saying like, yeah, that's awesome. Put it up or no, it's not. And it's very rare that I ever am like, I don't like what you come up with. I actually don't think I have ever said that. Whereas Christine will like stare at something forever and not think it's good enough. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like it's going on the website now. And then we'll wind up selling like five or six of them. And I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> I, that sounds like a relationship because I am like, Christine, and I am always like, this isn't good enough. Like this episode is not good enough. I'm not good enough. I need to make it better. And like Noah, he's like, Teresa, he's like, stop it. Like you got to put it out there. You got to let it fly. Like, let's do this. And I'm like, uh, okay. 
Like, <laughs> honestly. So you guys are really, it's like a relationship. Well, like I said, I love you guys are creating like a community of change and like kindness and everything like that. So I love to see that with you guys as well. I am curious for both of you. I have like an autoimmune thing and it's always hard for me to even like say that sometimes. Like it's always hard even to like my mom or my family who know, like I hate having to be like, I'm really tired today. I can't deal with this. Or like, I'm not feeling great. How is it putting that out there, Christine, for yourself and Teresa, for your son, like especially on the internet, right? Like there's so much stuff. So Mm -hmm. how do you do that? How do you put yourself out there and how are you so vulnerable with something so, so precious, right? Our health. I mean, I think I was definitely someone, I still am. I, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how much I took for granted. Um, I, I had a dream about, you know, um, you know, I was an all-star cheerleader. And so, you know, I had a dream and I was just flipping and flipping and, and then all of a sudden I just collapsed. And like, so um, I would say for me, when I, when I started Rare, I knew that I was going to be very open and vulnerable and tell my story but it's um, still really hard for me, honestly. Uh, for a while, when Teresa came on, it was super easy to kind of hide behind BWS and get behind, you know, like another cause because I didn't know how to, t- how do you tell a story of like everything falling up? Like, where do you start? Where do you end? And who even wants to hear it? Because I, I don't even know. Every time I think I tell it, I feel like there's another part of me. You know, I, I never expected to wake up one day and never get better. And so Teresa has really, really pushed me to kind of come to the front of the brand a little bit because I think I was there like as a shell and I gave this community, but it was also easier to fall into the helper role and not so much like telling, you know, my story. And I mean, like Teresa said, she, she was at my house when I had, um, you know, a flare up and she just like saw me deteriorate and not a side. She's like, you know, you have to tell the side of the story. Like, and I, was, I didn't feel like I was hiding it. I just felt like, where do you start? Where do you end? <laughs> you know, and, and that's the hard part for me is being, I always tell people like, I'm not on the other side. I'm literally walking with you through this. So I'm showing up for you in the best form I can, but I'm in no way preaching from the other side or telling you how to get through it. I'm really just showing up, standing up and speaking up with you because that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Teresa? You know, I have had a lot of moments where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, you know, I have experienced mm-hmm. a lot of pushback and I've experienced uh, a lot of criticism. I've had people tell me that I'm using my children. I've had people uh, say some really nasty and hurtful things. And it does make you kind of take a step back and be like, okay, like, is this, is this really what I'm portraying? Cause this is not what I'm trying to get across. And, you know, I really love what Christine said about walking, you know, through it with someone and not being on the other side, because what I started to realize was a lot of the criticism I was receiving from people was from people who were on the other side. And it made me realize, you know, it's easy for you to criticize me because you're on the other side and you, you know how your child's story with this syndrome panned out already. I don't know how his is going to pan out. I don't know if he's going to get cancer. I don't know if he's going to need surgery. Uh, I mean, he's already had one. He's, he needs a second one next year, you know? So the one thing too, with, with Beck with Wiedemann syndrome is it's a, it's a spectrum. You know, there are some children that have it that are worse than others. And, you know, there's different types and stuff like that. So it's not really a cookie cutter thing. So it's been very difficult 
um, especially with some of the hurtful things people have said, but what keeps me going is the messages that I get from other mothers. It really made me realize that there are so many moms that feel the way I feel and so many moms that constantly feel criticized if they share a moment in rare disease that isn't anything but happy. You know, like a lot of times people were like, oh, well, I see you sharing, you know, the things that, you know, aren't happy or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's part of it. You know, like my son's strong and, you know, he kicks butt. But at the same time, he also goes through a lot. And it wouldn't be right to only share the good without the bad because the bad is what makes him become so strong, in my opinion. Yeah, it's mainly the my motivation continues to be my son and continues to be the mothers that reach out to me and just thank me for, you know, allowing them to feel that they can feel what they're feeling. You know, that is one thing in the rare disease community where it's like so many people feel that they can't embrace the times that are hard. No, that so, makes sense. You're giving people a safe place and also exactly. giving yourself a safe place in, in yeah. the process. And this is a little bit off topic, but I, I don't, I feel like it just needs to be in this podcast with you. But, you know, Teresa and I always talk about how like lead with kindness and cultivate kindness and have a conversation. Like so many times Teresa and I are standing on opposite sides of things and we can hear each other out and we can have these conversations where we might not like agree or have the same like end result, but like I can hear her and understand her. Teresa, you explain it a little bit better than I do, but I just, I, I, we always say we want to get that message out that like conversation there's so much in the connection of that. And Teresa, can you help me? <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's, um, you know, Christine and I a lot are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, a lot of times when it comes to things like politics or things like that, but you know, we were able to have a conversation and see each other's point of view and not agree and still remain friends at the end. And still like, I still look at Christine and I'm like, she's an amazing person. She's, you know, somebody that I want to be friends with. And I feel like in the world, the way it is right now, I said to Christine, I'm like, I couldn't have conversations that I have with you with someone else without being called a name or, or, you know, and we also really try and emulate cultivating kindness through rare because similar conversations, like I've had conversations with other BWS mothers who completely disagree with the way I advocate for my son. And because of that, you know, they've turned me into this horrible person that's trying to use my, my child. And it's difficult. It's difficult when we could just talk to each other and be like, okay, you had a different situation with your child and that's wonderful and that's great and it's great that it wasn't as much of a struggle for you but my story is my story and let it be that way like why do I have to be this person that's you know has an ulterior motive rather than being someone that's just trying to share and make a difference so I think you know leading with kindness is huge and it's everything we do with rare yeah that's that's what I wish everyone did honestly and so I love yeah. that your like message at the forefront is be kind. And I know both of you have said it, but you don't know what someone is going through, what someone's family is going through. I mean, it really is just crazy how how judgy we can all be and, and everything like that. I mean, what do you guys want people to take away from your products, from your brand? I want people to relate. Like I said, every product for me has a story, but when someone picks out a product, they're feeling a different story. They're not feeling the story that I felt when I created it. And I want them to, you know, take that and 
show up for the people that they want to uh, be patient, be kind, um, and start the conversation. For me, I want I want our products to inspire people to care, even if it's not something they're affected by. And what I mean by that is, you know, I never thought twice about rare disease. It never crossed my mind. Um, I never on the regular thought about cancer. Uh, you know, it was just not, it, I wasn't affected by it. So why would I think about it? You know? Uh, and then our whole world was flipped upside down when my son was born. And I realized people, it, it, it's human nature not to care really. And it's not saying that you don't care if someone brings it up, but it's just not in the forefront of your mind because it's not something you're dealing with on the regular and it's not something that's affecting you. So I, I want people to see our products and be like, wow, that mission is so amazing and it makes me want to care even if I'm not the one affected by it. I think that is where we'd be able to create change and that's where we'd really be able to open up the doors of conversation because if we had more people that aren't in the rare disease community caring and seeing where we're coming from and and seeing why this is so important, I think that's where the true difference will be made. I mean, I always say um, care before, like before it's your sister, your mother, like, you know, the degrees, I mean, Danielle, you just said you have an autoimmune thing going on. Mm-hmm. And like, consider that like part of like the culmination of what makes you rare. You, there's an, everyone's going through their own invisible battle, whether it be uh, autoimmune, cancer, uh, rare disease, divorce, death of a pet, or even better. You know what? If the worst thing in your day is that Ben and Jerry's is out of half-baked ice cream, like that's okay. Like, I don't judge you for that. I'm, you know, like I, yeah. I feel yeah. Because you know what? The next day, it your whole world can be turned upside down. So today you get to worry about Ben and Jerry's and I don't get to judge you for doing it. I love that. I mean, I love that what seems to drive both of you is creating this like epicenter of kindness because it really is rare nowadays for that to be a part of everything. You know, I mean, with, with the internet, with cyberbullying, I mean, you guys just said like you've, you've also received judgment for it. Um, I think there's something so special in saying like, hey, you are you and what you're dealing with, whatever that is, is cool. And I mean, yep. really, I wish more people thought of that when we're scrolling on Instagram. Um, <laughs> right? I mean, people are not really realizing yeah. it's a pretty picture, but what's going on behind the pretty picture? You know what I mean? Seriously. So as far as Rare goes, um, I know you guys have products and you've done events for Rare Disease Day. What's next? What's the goal, ideally, for both of you, for the company? Um, Teresa, we'll start with you. What's your goal? So... Um our goal is to really branch out and try and create a nonprofit. Um, we really want to kind of connect our two efforts under a nonprofit and, you know, be able to bring things back to not just, you know, the BWS community, but the rare disease community as a whole. And what that would mean is, you know, be able to go to conferences and, and come back and give that information out to people. And we want to just be able to support people because BWS is so rare. There, there's not a lot of places that specialize in it. I'm very blessed to live near one of the top ones that does. Uh, but people that don't incur major expenses to come and get their child treated, um, where my son gets treated at the children's hospital of Philadelphia. And, um, there are a couple companies and nonprofits that can help, but it, there's, you know, restrictions and stuff like that. So we would love to also, you know, be in the realm of being able to support people and help people 
gain those travel needs, help with medical expenses. Because the other thing that people don't realize with rare disease as a whole is because they're rare, it, it's almost like, you know, insurance is like, well, what's the basis for this test that you need? Because they don't have any information to support it because it's so rare, they don't have the information yet. So a lot of families are incurring a lot of medical expenses that they have to pay out of pocket. And I would love to, you know, have our nonprofit be able to, to help with that. Um, everything Teresa said, <laughs> I would say one of the proudest moments of 2020 was when we um, launched the shop, shop with a purpose, when we decided that, you know, we can't talk about giving people a voice and then decide where their 15% goes. So at checkout now, you can choose from, um, I think we have eight up there now. And the cool thing is though, is that organizations have been reaching out to us and saying like, we want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to bring our community to you. And, um, you know, we love what you're designing the greater than project. And that's, the, that's been really cool. So I want to continue, uh, you know, to foster that and, you know, ensure that people's voices are heard. Um, you know, you can always, rec- if you don't see something, you can request it. Like I said, I mean, the other day, P10 came, the P10 foundation came to us and they were like, we love it. We want to be a part of it. And that's a well-established, you know, nonprofit. So that was really cool. And I would say, you know, I guess this is like a little bit of a spoiler sneak peek, but we um, have the prototype finished for um, a sweatshirt that is uh, accessible for when people are doing treatments. Uh, so if you have like cool. a port, it's on its way to us. And so I would say that's like the next be- like big thing in our design I mean, we're always going to have the funny graphic tees. We're always going to have the yeah. the things that kind of come out of us. But I think that's one of the, you know, big things coming in 2021. Yes, definitely. The accessibility sweatshirt we're super pumped about and hope that, you know, we hope that people like, it's it's a way for them to be seen. We understand that it's awful having to be in a gown just because you need access to your port. Like we want to keep the human element um, we want to bring the human element back into the white walls of a hospital. You know, there, it's just so sterile in a hospital when you're going to get these procedures done. And it just, we want to bring, we want people to still feel like they have a little bit of their dignity. So I'm, I'm super excited about the accessibility clothing line that we're, we're planning. So. No, I mean, I love that. My mom, when she was in chemo had to have the port and I know it was like, not only is it the super uncomfortable experience, you know, having like a hoodie and something that you just feel comfortable in and you can still be yourself in is amazing. And I love that you guys are thinking like outside of the box, really creating a community of people. We're including everybody. Um, and I think that that's so important. I love that you guys are continuing to grow. Um, I am curious because obviously like the whole reason this started, um, Christine, especially for you, like it started because you had this like invisible illness. Um, I'm curious what else drives you? What other things in life do you love to do? Um, I know we have talked about pop culture stuff. I know both of you guys are Grey's Anatomy girls, which you have a piece <laughs> of my heart. Um, so I'm just curious, like what else in life drives you? What other passions are there? Because, you know, obviously this is a big part of who you are, but there's other stuff, right? We are like complex people. So, um, Teresa, what drives you, um, as far as everything else goes and, and your son? So for me, uh, I've always been somebody that really is centered around family. Uh, my family really, you know, regardless of Owen's rare disease is just something that I'm so incredibly grateful for. 
Um, so I'm very driven by them. And I also, I used to be super big into playing basketball. And I actually, before um, all this, I and I wound up getting hurt at work. But before everything happened with that, I worked at a hospital and uh, was a cardiovascular specialist. And that was like my dream job. I loved it. Um, but now my whole life is in a totally different spot that I never would have expected. And I really enjoy just spending time with my family. Uh, I really enjoy being outside, taking pictures, writing. And so a lot of times I haven't recently, but on my blog, I'll also share things that I love or things that I find helpful for my family or things that, you know, I just enjoy to do. Uh, so that that's really my my driving force, just my family and, and being outside and enjoying just, you know, the small things. Yeah, definitely. And Christine, what about you? What kind of hobbies do you have outside of Rare? Um, this is actually probably a difficult question for me because um, I struggle. One of the things I'm in therapy for is basically <laughs> I feel like two, two of me's, right? Like there's the old me and there's the new me. And a lot of times if I do things that the old me likes, I feel like I'm cheating on the new me and not giving, you know, like not letting myself move forward. But then I sit as the new me and I'm like, oh, I just miss going outside and having case races with Carrie, two on two, like one on one, you know, um, I miss walking around the city. And so for me, I've really been struggling with trying to find the balance. Like you can be both and it's not like, it's not bad. It's like, you don't have to choose. Um, yeah. obviously I'm therapy for that one. So, um, I started to say like, I've started to come to life a little bit. Like I've started to be able to kind of walk away from where I would say Teresa's pretty good at like helping me just like say like, you've done enough. You're like, you know, go, um, let's do this. And then like, let's rest and stuff. Cause it's definitely something I struggle with. <laughs> um, feeling like if I take my hands off of this, then everything that like, it will go away. And then if this goes away, like it saved my life. Like, you know, it's like such a, it's a very weird thing. Yeah. How do you guys find that balance? Like, you know, rare is such a big part, like we said, of course, of both of your lives and of you. And then there's other stuff as well. How do you find that balance of running this business and, and living your life? So how do you guys juggle it all and do it all and like still, and do it as amazing as you are? I don't know how she does it because honestly, like I think about what my days are like and how much like the balance, like sometimes I'm like, I have not talked to Carrie literally since I got out of bed this morning and she is two feet away from me, but I'm like consumed in something or I had like a great idea or a vision. Carrie's amazing. I have to say I've got really lucky. Like she's, a, she's been my best friend for so long that she's kind of seen the waves and like what I've lost and you know, what rare has given me back. And um, she's a trooper for that. Uh, I would say I need to get better at balance, but I forgot my thought because I have brain fog and I have a rare disease. So Teresa, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, that's a tough question because there are so many times that, and I, I, I think this is just comes with the territory of being a mother. Uh, you always feel like you didn't do enough. You always feel like, you know, I, I could have done more with the kids or I could have yelled at them a little less or, you know, there's just so many different things. And one thing I'm really trying to push myself is when I, I can notice usually when, when I'm starting to get frustrated and normally it's because I'm doing too much on the work end of things and not enough with my family. Cause like I said, my family is such a huge piece of my soul. So, um, I'm not perfect for sh like, I'm not perfect at it, but I do try and just be like, okay, like I need to take a step back. Or a lot of times if, if, you know, I'm doing something that the kids can be involved in, I'll try and involve them in it. Like if I'm, you know, filling an order and, and 
printing the shirt. I'll have the boys help me. Uh, and actually some of our products have been inspired by the boys. We'll, we'll be like, Oh, you know, what kind of t-shirt do you want to see next? And they'll, they'll come up with like a idea, which is really cool because then it's like, you know, they're included in what we're doing, but yeah, it's, I just take one day at a time and, you know, especially cause now our school district isn't open. So we've been doing the whole virtual learning thing with my five-year-old and that has oh been boy. a whole, yeah, <laughs> like a whole new level of like balancing and juggling. So it, you know, I, I just feel like we're constantly bobbing and weaving and we're just taking one day at a time. I definitely yeah. get that. I sometimes I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't think, I think the key is that none of us really know what we're doing, but it's so great that you guys were able to like, really you're building this and you're growing it into something that is just like you said at the beginning, like it really has just grown into like a beast, but like a great beast, like one of the, like the good fuzzy ones. Um, <laughs> But what advice would you guys have for someone who wants to get involved? Show up. That's, I mean, in my opinion, like everyone thinks there's something to say or there's a, a place to start, but there isn't, like we just talked about with kind of faking it till you make it, but there, there's so much power in just showing up. And that goes for if you have a disease or you don't have a disease, go and talk to someone if they're off, go and see if they're okay, because it makes so much of a difference and you don't have to know what to say because they don't know what to say to you either. So you just showing up and talking about Taylor Swift is like game changing. Especially Taylor Swift. We love Taylor Swift. Are you guys we a Taylor, love Taylor Swift? Swift? Oh yeah. So like I said, you guys both love Grey's Anatomy. You both love reality TV. What are your like top ways to just escape the world? What is your top pop culture way to escape the world? Uh, Christine, what about you? True crime. When I tell you, I listen to murders every yes. single day. I have, uh, you know, I'm a true crime junkie. I'm a once upon a time. I'm a court junkie. I'm every kind of junkie you could imagine. I have about 70 books. Um, I can never find another, like, I'm always looking at cases. I, I find it fascinating. I have no idea why, but it actually calms my anxiety. <laughs> Listen, I am the same way. I am obsessed with that stuff. And I'm always like, why am I so obsessed? I'm like, maybe because, you know, if I end up meeting a serial killer one day, I'll know how to like not get killed. I don't know if that's like my own neuroses just being like, you're preparing yourself. But like, I don't know. I love it. I love it. Um, what about you, Teresa? Um, I would say for me, if I ever have the chance, I feel like I do enjoy reading, but once I had children, it was like, I'll never forget. Once I had kids that we went away for like my yearly family vacation and my dad saw me like bringing my book on the beach and he started hysterically laughing. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I brought my book. He's like, you're not going to get to read that. <laughs> He's like, you have kids with you. You're not going to get to read that. And I, I still have the book and I still haven't read it. But um, when I get a chance, I really like to binge watch like documentaries or like Breaking Bad is one of my favorites. I'm on my second time watching that. I just um, finished it for the first time. Like literally Oh my God, it's so I just good. Finished it. it is crazy. Oh my God. Oh my right? God. It's insane. <laughs> I, it was one of those things where I watched it years ago and for some reason just stopped. And it was mm -hmm. always on my like list in the back of my head. Like you need to finish this or you'll never feel like you can continue to watch things. <laughs> and I just watched it. I binge watched it this weekend and I like the last scene I was literally just like shot up in bed like oh my god it's right crazy. it's so good it's crazy. so good point about um this I have the same thing like sometimes I just stop watching shows like lost right and it's on my list like it's on my backup to the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup if I don't want to start Grey's Anatomy all over again from season one and so yes. 
why do we have this like I have the same thing it's like I have a, a lost uh Game of Thrones and it's like I uh house like <laughs> you name it mm-hmm. like it's it's like this subpar list of Netflix yes it's like really the- crazy. It's it's something that I've realized with my personality is even if I'm doing one thing, I'm always thinking like three steps of like what else I'm going to be doing. And so like I, fi- I stop a show because I like start another show or I like get distracted by something else. And like you said, I have like an ongoing list of like, oh yeah, I really need to go back and finish that show that I started when I was 12. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I knew you when you were 12. <laughs> I know. I was probably, honestly, at that point, probably not much has changed as I'm like literally looking at my NSYNC sweatshirt over there. What about, what are, what is your favorite for both of you? Something you're nostalgic for? Taylor Swift. I, this is going to sound so embarrassing, but anyway, like <laughs> total Swifty. I was at her very first show and I feel like just every song about her, much like my products, I'm a very symbolic person, like can bring me back to an exact moment in time. Like I mean, you know, I can think of the song mean, I can think of screaming it in my car after like one of my worst breakups. And, you know, it's so funny when these songs come on, it's just like, it goes right back. And so I would say Tay Tay for the win. (laughs) Honestly, I got to tell you, I used to do the same thing with old school Taylor. And like, I put a Spotify Taylor Swift playlist on the other day, that song, Hey Steven, that she sings. Uh, It started playing and I remembered all the words and I was driving and I was like, oh my God, I remember singing this about the guy that I had a crush on when I was 16. I am totally on the same. What's, wait, what's your favorite uh, Taylor Swift song? Just side note. She, she killed me with this folk, folklore. Like I, I'm so obsessed with it. I listened. It's like my chill album. I'll put it on in the morning while I'm like making my coffee and getting ready. Like I, it's so good. Like she, um, I have a record player literally because like I only listen to her music. And so it made sense to get a record player. I'm still awaiting my folklore. But anyway, then she brought back cassettes. Like, come on, girl. I love you. Anyway, I would have to say though, um, clean is one of my favorite songs. (laughs) Teresa, what about you? What's something, uh, that is like an OG love of yours? (laughs) Christine, Christine knows that I, I'm someone, I, I listen to all kinds of music and stuff like that, but oh man, I can really get down with like old school Nelly or Ja Rule or any of like the the real like kind of just bumping music that we listened to when we were younger. It's like I could put that on and just be like going crazy in my car. I mean, old school Nelly with like the Band-Aid. How can right? you not? How can you not? <laughs> I hope, I'm sure you as a mother now are trying to pass on the good pop culture of the past as well to your children. Cause. Oh yeah. My children, we, we rock out all the time, all the I time. That. I do that with my niece <laughs> and nephew. I'm like, I put on like nineties music and I'm like yeah. singing it. I'm like, you need to know. Uh, my mom was like, she's not going to know who NSYNC is. And I was like, want to bet. And I put on like, bye, bye, bye. And she started singing the whole song. And it was probably like the proudest moment of my life, which may sound kind of sad, but it was the proudest moment of my life. Uh, That's awesome. (laughs) Well, um, I really love that you guys talk about rare as everyone is unique, but you also like create this community and you're finding these commonalities. And um, that's, you know, what I try to do here with Fact Basic. We all have commonalities. We all love the same stuff. And at the end of the day, let's not judge each other for those loves. Hashtag pumpkin spice latte. Um, (laughs) um, Before we go, I just want you guys to plug it in. Um, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, where they can purchase products and where they can learn more. So um, Teresa, do you want to start? So to learn more about us and to share your journey with us, purchase as rare products and kind of start the conversation, you can find us at www.findyourrare.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. So you can find us on all of those platforms um, just by searching Find Your Rare. 
pretty easy too. You, um, if you want to stay um, up to date with our newsletter, see kind of each month who, where we're going and what awareness we're bringing, you know, events and stuff, uh, you can text find your rare to 33777. We rolled out a rare education podcast to kind of help uh, parents deal with literally this rare education that their students are getting and kind of just like quick tips um, that you can apply really fast. I think Teresa does a good job of explaining it because she, um, you know, after like listening to like creating a space and schedule, uh, you know, kind of just breaking it down to the basics, uh, no pun intended, um, but <laughs> we have that. And then we, uh, one of the, you know, ones that obviously is going to continue is because we're strong. And do you want to take that one? Sure. Yeah. So our Because We Are Strong podcast is basically centered around chronic illness, rare disease, and invisible struggles. And it kind of came along from these, uh, I used to last year do live videos with BWS families and kind of get their story and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, they're going to be on there, but we, we wanted it to also be a podcast that like brings on, you know, other brands that have helpful things for the rare disease community or chronic illness community, um, different organizations we're going to be bringing on there. Um, we're going to have people coming on and sharing their story, sharing their insight and what could be helpful. So, um, we have a couple episodes out on that and you know, that comes out on Tuesdays. So we're super, super excited about our, because we are strong podcast because we have so many good people lined up to be on it. So, yeah, I love that. You are doing what I love. You are telling the stories that need to be told, right? Right. Exactly. Well, uh, Teresa, Christine, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you will come back another time to chat. Yes, definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. All right. That was my interview with the ladies of Rare, Christine Hosterman and Teresa Thomas. Make sure you follow them. Check them out. Go check out their products. I love their stuff. And make sure you follow me at Danielle Maria Costa on Instagram. Follow the podcast at Back to Basic Podcast. And make sure you subscribe, you rate, you review, you let me know who you want me to get back to basic with and, and what you want me to talk about next. And um, I will see you next week because on Wednesdays, we podcast.